Morning everyone, good to be back again. And uh, this is a really good message today. I, I, again, uh, beginning of the week, I was thinking about what is it that um, should talk about today. And some of the verses that I've been hearing, even through the church with others, um, have really inspired me. And, and I just felt that was the rubber stamp of the Lord, just wanting to bring a good message about comfort and one of the words that came out of Isaiah I think was comfort oh comfort my people and um, I hope you stick to the end of this because there's, a, there's something for the church for those who know Jesus and there's something for those who have yet to really know him personally um, but the message is the same it's about comfort and so as, um, as I've been thinking about, you know, many people are struggling, there's difficulty, there's challenges, there's loneliness, there's depression, there's all sorts of things that are going on in people's hearts and minds, um, real suffering. And I think as a nation, we need to understand, as it was reminded to me last week, uh, even coming out of lockdown, where we, where we might think about getting back to the new normal, whatever it is, we do need to recognise there's going to be many people that are mourning, many people that are really going to need comfort. And uh, it's been wonderful to see how the community has come together to provide for people's needs. And I think that as a community, we need to come together to continue that uh, by bringing comfort and just thinking of those that are really going to be needing help after um, lockdown ends, uh, however that looks like. But what is God doing about this? And where is God at the moment? And even as Christians, um, we're not um, people that are able just to shrug off difficulty and challenge. We need comfort and we need the help of God. And the scripture gives us quite clearly that he is there to comfort us. And um, and there's there's a verse in the Bible which I, I want to invite you to read if you've got one. If not, um, you can just listen to me or it'll be on the screen. And it's Paul who has... It's right into one of the churches, and this is what he says. It's 2 Corinthians 1, 3 uh, to um, 6. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our afflictions, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. And he goes on, for as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. Our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. And um, I want to just say a few things about that. Um, but it starts off with this phrase, blessed be the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of mercies and the God of all comfort. You know, what is God like? What is his motivation? What is his passion? What is his attitude towards us? And um, Jesus said this, whoever has seen me has seen the father. That's in John 14 verse 9. So if we want to understand what God is like, because in this situation we're in, we want to say, well, what is God like? If we can understand something about God, we can then have confidence in what he's offering us and what he's speaking to us. And so we can look at Jesus and we can look at his life because he was God in the flesh. And that's what he meant by saying, if you look at me, you'll see the father because I am God. And um, God in the flesh walking around. And so wh whenever we um, uh, see Jesus and we look at the way he lived and his life, 
and, the, and how he practised compassion and love for one another. And we see that and uh, we see his love in actions. But we also see how he raised against those who would steal that love of God by putting laws and regulations, particularly the religious leaders at, at the time. And you can read that in the, uh, the biographies of Jesus, if you like, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. But whatever you think about Jesus, some might say he's a good teacher. Some may say he's a um, he's a, uh, just an incredibly loving man. Um, some might say he's a great leader, uh, a great man in history, someone to aspire to. Um, or even that you may believe and know that he is a powerful God, holy. Um, but we all, I think anyone who understands Jesus as a character knows he was a person of love. And he still is. And I want to focus um, on that aspect, really, just to show you just a few things by telling you a story. And uh, we find this in the scripture where Jesus was uh, walking through a town and a man came up to him whose name was Jairus. And he said to him, will you come to my house? My daughter is sick. She's dying. Will you come and heal her? And so he does. He's walking with with, um, Jairus. And then um, along comes a lady and... Um, meets him on the way. Now, this lady had a, a, a medical problem where she was had been bleeding for 13 years. Now, for a Jew, that made her unclean, ceremonially unclean. It meant that she wasn't able to go to the temple. It meant that uh, because of the blood flow, she wasn't, she wasn't able to be, to participate in the community at large because if she touched someone, they would become unclean. They'd have to go and become ceremonially clean. Um, which many people would do, but she couldn't because she needed healing. She spent all her money on the doctors. She was in real need. And what happens when you're in that situation, you become disconnected from society, from community, and you become lonely. You become isolated. You're in your own lockdown because of this situation. For 13 years, she was, if you like, in lockdown and unable to really connect with society. And that leads to all sorts of things. For her, it led to poverty. It led to desperation. But she sees Jesus walking. Now, she's heard about Jesus. She's heard that Jesus is someone who heals the brokenhearted, if you like, to heal the body. He was on his way to heal a young girl. And so she decides she's got to do something. She crawls through the crowd and she says this, if I can but just touch the hem of his garment, just the bottom, if if you like, of his trouser leg, I will be healed. Just touching Jesus was enough for her. And that was her faith. And she did. And she was healed. And Jesus stopped. And um, and she was in absolute fear and thinking about, you know, who, um, uh, Jesus said, who's touched me? And she was in fear because she's made the teacher unclean. But actually what happened was, is that instead of her making Jesus unclean, Jesus made her clean, if you like, or made her well. And he turns and sees her. He says this, this is in the authorised version of the Bible. Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace. Be of good comfort. See, Jesus was compassionate. Although he's going somewhere, he stopped because he knew there was a need. And I really believe, now maybe there's someone listening at the moment who just feels overlooked. Maybe you're feeling lonely. Maybe you're thinking that um, all this news about the community coming together, but I'm overlooked. I feel like I'm in absolute lockdown, not just not being able to go out, but who's looking out for me? 
And this is the this is the point here is that Jesus is seeing right into homes, into lives, into your life, into my life. He knows he's intimately aware of what's going on in our life. And he's speaking this same thing. Be of good comfort. And uh, so Jesus heals this lady. This is an amazing miracle. And then eventually he carries on his journey, gets to Jairus's house. But maybe because of his delay. But by the time he gets there, this young girl is dead. The mourners are mourning, they're crying, they're weeping. And he says this, do not fear, only believe and she will be well. This is in Luke 8, 48. But they laugh at him because they think he's mad. You know, she is clearly dead. And, uh, and she was dead in the physical sense. You know, it was, it was, she was dead. But Jesus is not confined by our physical realities. And so he goes into the house. He takes this child's hand. And lifts her up and just simply says, child arise. And this child comes back to life and rises up and stands in the midst of people. And I wonder whether as well that, um, you know, many people may have got to the door and given up. Jesus never gave up. Even death didn't give up. And there's another story of a man called Lazarus who was literally in the tomb for three days. But Jesus said, no. It's not a problem. See, sometimes maybe we've spent all our money or we've gone to the full extent of what we've had, like um, the, the woman who had the, the, the bleeding issue. Or maybe, you know, we've even got the mourners round, which they would do. They would, people would come and just sing, weep and mourn uh, when someone had died. It got to that stage. People had given up, but Jesus didn't give up. And Jesus certainly hasn't given up on you. And I, I, again, I just sense whether there's someone here who's saying, I feel as though I've been given up on that actually makes me want to give up but I want to hold just say to you hold fast listen to what God is wanting to say to you be of good comfort be of good comfort and he's offering something when he says that now um, <clears throat> this is wonderful see Jesus is the comforter he is the life giver and he's inviting us into rest and so many of us are overcome with these burdens and again there's another uh, verse that Jesus said, a wonderful message um, in Matthew. And um, this is, many people will know this because it's so impactive and it's very simple and it's, it has a picture in it. And it's Matthew 11, verse 28. And this is what he says. Um, Come to me, all who labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come to me, all you are heavy laden. If you're carrying a burden, if everything that's going on at the moment is just weighing too heavy on you, you don't know what's going to happen with your job in the future, you're worrying about how you're going to feed your family, you're worried about whether you can just get through day by day. These are burdens that start to weigh us down and the pain and the agony of that burden carrying it just doesn't light up. And Jesus is saying, I've come to take that burden off of you, to carry it myself. And he says, I'm going to give you a burden that is light and easy. I'm going to tell you what's important right now. And, um, and this is the wonderful truth of God. And this yoke was, a, was a, uh, something that was put on oxen when they would farm. Two oxen, a yoke would hold them together so they walked in the same direction. And so Jesus is saying, I want you to walk with me. 
This is how we're going to do this. This is how I'm going to carry your burden. Walk with me. I'll take the strain. You walk with me. And that's a, a wonderful picture. And that's a reality I know in my own personal life of knowing challenges and difficulties that continually, as it says elsewhere, it says, cast your cares upon him for he cares for you. It's, it's not um, neglecting our own um, responsibilities, but it's, it's asking God to take those responsibilities and to then to lead you in how you should respond to them. He's taking the weight we're walking out in obedience to him. The God of all comfort is wanting to minister to us um, this morning. And um, many people are probably thinking, you know, the good old British spirit of, you know, um, chin up, power through, uh, wonderful attitude. Um, but I tell you something, we can do a better way. We can power through because we know that God has taken the burden. It's not because of our own pride. And um, sometimes pride can be a bit of an... Um, a, a obstacle to, to many people so I just want to encourage you um, if, as you're thinking about this just remember God is there offering something to us to take our burdens and to bring about comfort you know um, why is this whole thing going on you might ask you know what's God doing why does God you know has God brought this about and many people may have very different ideas about this but I believe fundamentally that discomfort disease um, these sicknesses these all comes about because this world is broken God designed this world and it was wonderful and then man represented by Adam at the time decided that he wanted to make his own decisions and go his own way so where we were made to walk with God he went his own way and that created a break in this creation, in this world. The world fell, it broke. And through that brokenness, through those cracks, all these bad things have been happening, even in our own lives, is because of this moment where Adam decided, as represented humanity, to go his own way. Brokenness is, is what's been brought into this world. One of the greatest areas of brokenness is brokenness of the heart. And um, when people are brokenhearted, um, and that can come through people losing others. It can come through people who have just lost hope through too many disappointments. Um, these are real issues of the heart. And um, there are some sicknesses that we can take, um, some medicine, wonderful medicine. Science is amazing when it comes to these kind of things. But there are some things that only God can heal of the heart. And... Um, and so when Jesus came, he came into this broken world in order to be the remedy, to bring about this comfort, but not just to pat us on the back, but to bring about something that is to solve this whole solution, uh, this whole situation. But when Jesus came, he didn't come as a prince. He didn't come in fine robes. He didn't, though he was king, he didn't come in that way. He came as a baby, as remember Christmas, laid in a manger, in, a, in the equivalent, if you like, of a shed or of a barn and uh, in his stable. And he was born into poverty. He was a refugee in Egypt by the age of two. And um, he grew up learning to work with his hands. He suffered just as much as we, as humanity. He knew what it was like to be, uh, to be a human being, um, as it were, a normal human being. And, um, and when, so when we go to God and we think about struggle, adversity, we think about suffering, um, we can look to Jesus as someone who knows exactly what we are going through. 
And this is the wonderful thing. See, Jesus shows us that when he suffered, it says that for the joy that was set before him, there was joy in his heart for what was going to happen. He endured the cross. He went through the suffering of the cross. And this says that as Christians, it's not that when we become Christians and follow Jesus, we will never suffer. And that's what Paul's saying. He's saying you will suffer, but the God of all comfort will comfort you in such a way that you can then comfort others. And uh, and this experience, this pain and the agony of the cross that Jesus went through, um, where he it was the it was a loneliness on the cross. There was shame because of the cross. It was humiliation. There was pain. There was the agony of separation. And so, and this is the point. Hebrews four fifteen says this: We do not have a high priest, that's Jesus, who is unable to sympathise with our weaknesses, but one in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Jesus knows what you're feeling. He knows exactly what you're feeling right now. And when I'm feeling in a certain way, I know when I go to Jesus, I know he knows he's been through it. And there's something special when you go to someone who's been through what you're going through. Because when they speak to you, they know where you're coming from. And Jesus knows where we're coming from. And so Jesus walks into a place of worship and he's given a scroll from the prophet Isaiah. And he stands up and he reads it. And this is what he reads. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. And he reads that and he sent, once he's read that, he says, and today this is fulfilled in your hearing. And what he's saying is this, he's saying that which was written hundreds of years ago was written about me. And this is the heart, when we talk about the passion and the heart of God, that he has come to heal the brokenhearted. He's come to minister the comfort of God. And that's still the same today. Today he's dealing out comfort. He's looking and seeing those in need. Many, many people are used to calling on God saying, I need your help in these days, and God is doing it. And maybe some of you don't usually pray. Many people now are turning to prayer, and that's good because Jesus listens. And um, I've known, I've been blessed to know this comfort of God, um, and many I know have known it. And this is where Paul goes on. This is the message to the church, to those who know this comfort, know God. He says, so, this, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. See, this is not, uh, in talking to the church now, this isn't the time just to speak words of help, but to actually be the hands and the feet of God's comfort. It's, it is picking up the phone. There's not much we can do physically. It's picking up the phone. It's praying for people. It's helping people. Um, it's, it's explaining to people maybe what God is doing and inviting them to receive something of the Lord. It's these wonderful truths. It's a great blessing, really, to bring these truths into our society. Um, again, not many people know what God is really about, and it's our opportunity just to share these good things. Um, but we need to show them what it looks like through actions that people experience it firsthand. Um, and that's how our, our, this is the wonderful thing. See, God, though we may see God as far off, God is very present. 
and God can make himself known in in your experience. He may not choose change your situations, but he may give you the ability to stand within your situation. See, um, you we know as church that in any suffering or difficulty, how simple it is to turn to him in prayer. We know what it's like where we can just simply uh, uh, say, God, I need your comfort right now. And we know how God hears us even before we speak. He knows what we need. He's not somehow closed away and that needs to be reminded that we exist. He's very present. Um, We know how we don't need to be in a church building to invite God into our situation. We can do that right in our homes because we know that the church itself is not a building. So why would God just be in a building? Um, We know as church how we do not need fancy words when we pray, but honest words. God help me. We know how Christ even listens when we cry out in anger and fear. We know that God receives us even in our, even when we're wrong about our situation. But God knows what we need. He listens. Uh, We know how the experience of the love and presence of God is so powerful um, when we open our hearts to him. Again, there are times where we just sense and feel God in the room. That's powerful. But the real thing is when we find ourselves able to stand in a situation in peace and we can see a situation for what it really is rather than getting confused in our minds. And we also know as church how generous God is in his love. And we know all these things, and this is our great gift for to society. Not to push on them, you know, things about God that's really they're not asking for, but maybe they're asking for the comfort of God. And we can simply say, can I pray for you? I'd love to just pray that God will come and just touch you with his love, with his comfort, and maybe sharing your own personal experience. This is how God has loved me and comforted me. So we can share with those our experience of God's comfort. We can pray for those who need God's comfort and we can pray for them anyway. Maybe not when they're there but or over the phone, but we just pray for our friends and family. See, some may say, well, why is God doing this? And there are, again, many people that may have different ideas. But I'm a great believer that um, these things happen because the world is broken. But Jesus is the answer. And so if you're watching and you're hurting, or if you're struggling, or if you're confused and you're just getting even difficult getting out of bed in the morning, or even if you're mourning because there's been tragedy in your family, I just want to offer to you, there is a God who wants to send out his comfort to you and he can meet you right where you're at. And even this morning, someone can pray for you. If you're watching on uh, the online church site, you can press the live prayer. Or if you're watching on YouTube, just drop a comment in and we can give you details to connect with us privately. And you can just share what you need for prayer. Or you can just say, look, pray for me, I'm in need. And someone will pray for you. We don't need to know that much about you because God does. And, And this is the wonderful thing. God knows exactly what you're going through. Jesus knows what it is to suffer. He knows what it is to be lonely. He knows what it is to be isolated. He knows what it is to understand death. He knows what it is to be in pain and agony. He knows exactly what you're feeling. And just going back to the words of Paul, that 
Blessed be the Lord Jesus Christ and the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort. So I want to pray and uh, I want to invite you to, in your heart, just if you need a God of comfort, just simply do it. Say, God, will you come and comfort me? As simple as that. And then see where that goes. But get in touch if you need support. So I'm going to pray. Father, I thank you that you are the God of all comfort. And I thank you for those words of Jesus when he stood up in that uh, place of worship and said that the spirit of the Lord has anointed him to heal the brokenhearted. And I particularly pray for those who are brokenhearted, that you will minister to them, that you will touch them, that you would give them an experience of your love and your comfort. Lord, and that you may even speak to them now and after this time. Show them how much you love them and how you desire for them to be in a continual working, uh, walking relationship with you. Lord, I want to thank you for the comfort that you've given me. And I want to pray for the church, Lord, that you, we would be mobilised to offer this comfort to those around us. So, Lord, will you lead us in that, help us in that? In Jesus' name, amen.